Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. So this morning, somebody say, the cross cross. plus resurrection resurrection. equals eternal life. One more time, the cross plus resurrection equals eternal life. It's it's surprising that it's already been three weeks, three Sundays since Resurrection Sunday or Easter. It's already been three weeks. Before you know it, many of us start with our Christmas countdown. I don't know how many of you have already started, but I know that if you got a stimulus check, you grab some of that and you put it towards your Christmas shopping. So that way you're not getting into that. <laughs> no, but many of us kind of go from holiday to holiday. And this is what these uh, traditional Christian celebrations or remembrance times have turned into. They're just a timeline to what holiday is next. Resurrection Sunday has turned into a remembrance service where we just remember poor old Jesus and what Jesus endured on the cross. Instead, the story of Jesus' resurrection should be a jovial reminder of what we should expect and hope to happen to us. Not the cross part, but the resurrection part. The cross reminds us all of what he did and the empty tomb, the resurrection, is a constant reminder of why he did what he did. You get the two? So the cross reminds us of what he did And then the empty tomb reminds us of why he did what he did. And why did Jesus do what he did? Why did he do what he did? To defeat sin, to defeat death, but also to afford us all eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. That's right. Gracias, mamita. Good job. Good job, Bray. I heard it. (laughs) Now, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that abides in you and abides in me right now. Let me say that again. The very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the very same spirit that abides in you and me right now. Now, we're going to take a look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Hopefully, you are following with me. I want you to take some notes. Take some notes. Make some notes. Come on, write stuff down. Highlight stuff in your Bible or your preferred Bible app. If you don't have a Bible app, if you go to our app, there is also a portion where there's a Bible that's made available to you in the back on that app, the Scarlet Note app. But Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, I want you to read with me. Now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know 
what will happen to the believers who have died so you will so you will so you will not grieve like people who have no hope next for since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again we also believe that when Jesus returns God will bring back with him the believers who have died continue we tell you this directly from the Lord we who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died 16 for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God first the Christians who have died will rise from their graves then together with them we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air then we will be with the Lord forever verse 18 so I want you to read this with me together so encourage with these words this is not the belief of just one apostle if you go back to the very first verse that we read the language here shows us the language here shows us that there were several people there were several people that were being represented in this letter this is Paul Paul is responding to a very new church that he had started in, uh, the, uh, Thessal uh, in Thessalonica and as he uh, started this church he couldn't do what we're doing today that we are streaming online all right and some of folk home are sitting nice and comfortable on a couch and and they could receive the the message this way but no in that time they were depending on letters that Paul would write or that the apostles would write and this is what they wrote they show us that, that, that in the writing, Paul is writing on the behalf of a group of people. So this is why he begins verse 13 with, we don't want you. We don't want you to be like the unbelievers. We don't want you to be that way. They are instructing the church that when it comes to the grieving process, we are not to grieve like the rest of the world. And I want you to pay attention to this, especially, specifically during the times that we're living in, in 2020, 2021, and I don't know when you're gonna be listening to this teaching, but whatever the circumstances are around you, in scripture, the Bible instructs the believers not to grieve like the unbelievers grieve. Did you get that? Are you sure you're listening? Now, why would they instruct the church not to grieve in the same way? Why? Why? Why, why, why? Well, the rest of the world grieves in hopelessness. God's children grieve in hope. Somebody say hope. Come on, we, God's children, when we grieve, and we will all grieve, but when we grieve, we grieve in hope hope many folk have faith of a heaven however they lack a hope for a heaven 
Let me say that again. Many folk have a faith for a heaven, but lack a hope for a heaven. Faith is to believe in what I don't see. I'm going to believe in what I don't see. But hope expects what one has faith for. Hope says, hey, I'm, I'm not only believing what I can't see, I'm also expecting that what I can't see, it's on its way. Did you get that? Are you sure? Hope says, I'm past the believing phase, and now I'm expecting. That's why when a woman is pregnant, she's expecting. She doesn't have faith that she is pregnant. She's expecting. Where's Miss Alicia? I can't. Miss Alicia, stand to your feet. Miss Alicia, if I were to ask you if you have faith, faith that you are pregnant, you would probably say, no, pastor, I have a lot of hope that this is coming. So there's a difference between being having, having faith. That was the beginning process when they said to both you and, look, he ran out of here. He, Brian ran out of here. He said, no, nah, I ain't getting sucked into this. But, 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 but when you first got the news, then there was faith operating and that something was inside and it was in development. But now you are past the faith phase and you are now in hope. Hope. What's the due date? June 28th. That's hope. That's, that's hope. So you are counting down. You prepared a room, Right. Or, or he prepared a room? Uh, both. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're purchasing things. You're picking names. You, you, you are getting the atmosphere, the environment ready for the hope. Correct? Okay. Have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. Let's give her a hand for that. Are you understanding the difference between faith and hope? Are you sure? You're getting in. All right. All right. All right. All right. So I am not expecting, guys. This is not, this is not hope. This is something different. <laughs> okay, let us stop and let's not make this weird. All right. So when we pass away on earth, when we pass away on earth, parents, this is a conversation to have with the kids sometimes. Have this conversation. Teach your children. Don't leave your children without hope. Speak. Have this conversation. The, the, Bible, the Bible said in Thessalonians that we are to encourage each other with these words. When we pass away, our bodies become dormant because the body is now absent of its spirit. The spirit is what animates the body. The body is also absent of the soul. The soul is what gives that animated spirit, its personality. The body in this state, that the body now in this state, that it ceases then to be alive because it's absent of a spirit and it's absent of a soul. And the body now ceases to be alive. It's also what the Bible calls asleep. Okay? Asleep. As Christians, we're all awaiting or expecting a future event that has been foretold in scripture when Jesus will return. Hey guys, there's going to be a second Christmas. 
There's going to be a second Christmas, not that Jesus is going to be uh, born again, but that Jesus is going to come back again. That's what the story, you know, the story about Christmas is about Jesus's return. But listen, there's going to be a part two. There's a part two to the movie, All right? He's going to come back. And when he comes back, there's going to be a major, a uh, major uh, event that's going to take place. And this is what we're talking about. This is our hope. This is our expectation. So as Christians, we are waiting for this time. In the meantime, all right, what, what ha what's happening is that when Jesus returns, those that have passed away, that body that is now inanimate, okay, it, it's not moving, it's asleep, will be joined when Jesus returns the second time, will be joined, listen, the spirit, the soul is now re re returned, is joined with that resurrected body, it's a transformed body, the same body that Jesus had, you and I will have, and, and, and listen, and then we will be with Jesus forever. That's good news. That, that's good news. All right? Now listen. But in the meantime, in the meantime, something happens to our spirit and our soul before that event happens. So this is, this is, these are good points to talk about mama and to talk about dad and to talk about grandparents. I talk to my kids all the time about my next season where I'm going, what I'm about to do, where my parents are. I live with hope. I grieve with hope. I do not grieve with hopelessness. Okay? Big difference. So, Jesus is talking to some teachers of the law. They were called Pharisees. These teachers of the law are talking with Jesus, and Jesus shares a parable of a man, a rich man, and a poor man named Lazarus, and this is out of Luke 16, chapter 19 to 31. When you go home, read, read the whole chapter, read the whole parable. I don't have time to get into it, all right, as we have a lot to cover. But um, I, I want to just pick up only on two verses. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich, there's two different people. There's a poor man and then there's a rich man. And Jesus is telling this parable. The rich man also died and was, was he taken with the, was he taken away with the angels? It says he was buried and his soul went to the place of the dead. There in torment, he saw Abraham in a far distance with Lazarus at his side. These are two different perspectives of what happens to, I'm sorry, this is one, this is Jesus's perspective of what's going to happen to the unbeliever and what happens to the believer. These are the words of Jesus. These are not the words of the disciples. Are, are you following that? These are the words of Jesus. If someone ought to know what's going to happen with my eternal life, it should be the one who gives it. So this belief is vital and essential to the core of our belief system as Christians. If you're a Christian, you ought to know this. All right, you should know this. We are instructed to encourage one another with this belief. This belief is supposed to be encouraging, not scary. Heaven should be a place that is hoped for, not dreaded. Many people, many people, dread the conversation 
about heaven because they don't hope for it. They are dreading it. So we have gotten our encouragement wrong. Somebody say wrong. We have gotten spoiled with the teachings about God's abundance, about God's blessings and God's miracles and God's uh, um, um, grace. So we don't want to leave this world because it's actually pretty comfy for many of us. But we're supposed to encourage one another with the hope of eternal life. Instead, what we do is that we are encouraging each other with prosperity. Prosperity. The more you pray, the more you give, the more you sing, the more Bible you know, the better behaved you are. Prosperity, blessings, abundance, and all of that stuff comes to you. Well, what does John chapter 3 verse 16 say? For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that some people, some people, the whites, the blacks, Mexicans, who? Everyone, the rich, the poor, Republicans, Democrats, okay. Everyone who believes in him will, come on, read it out loud, will not perish, but what? So he gave his son so that everyone who believes is blessed and is highly favored. That's what it says there. Huh? So he gave his son so that everyone who believes is then prosperous and lives in abundance. Is that what that says? No. He says that he gave his son so that all who believe will not perish and have what? Eternal life. When Jesus was giving his two close friends, Mary and Martha, uh, Jose uh, III last week alluded to this story. Mary and Martha had a brother. His name is Lazarus. And he passes away. And Jesus didn't make it on time to pray. And now Jesus is giving a grieving sister grieving sisters comfort after their loss and these are the words of comfort that Jesus chose these are the words John chapter 11 verse 25 Jesus told her I am I am the I am the what come on guys I am the what I am the resurrection and the I am the resurrection and the I am the what? And the life. Listen, anyone who believes in me will live. Anyone who believes in me will live. Even after life. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? So there's two things I need you to understand this morning about Jesus. Jesus says to you and me this morning, those that are watching online, Jesus is saying right here and right now in this moment, today, where you are in this moment, I, if you are breathing, I am life. That's what I am. I am life. 
If you believe in me, if you confess that I am your Lord, that I am your Savior, and you call me your Lord, where you are right now, if you're breathing, there is a pulse. I am life. But then he says number two. He's also saying, and when you die on earth, then I stop being life. I then become resurrection to you. If you are a child of God, I'm not only life to you now, but when you pass away as a believer, then I become your resurrection. That is good news. Jesus wants us all to know and live with a hope, say hope, that death isn't the end of me. Death isn't the end of us. Death isn't the end of mom. It isn't the end of dad. It isn't the end of uh, grandmom and grandpa. Listen, enough of Disney and, 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 and the Pixar. I mean, all of these guys putting together a narrative of what is going to happen and what is supposed to happen after life. Not co what is it? The Coco and the, the, the Book of Life and Soul and all of this stuff. Listen. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus uttered these words so that you and me, listen, cannot be encouraged by colors and cute music. No, but a truth, a truth that, listen, that he is life, but he is also the resurrection. And if we are his children, we have eternal life. That is encouraging. Now, I don't need Disney to tell me that. I don't need anyone else to tell me that. I have Jesus who uttered those words. Jesus wants us to know this. Now, he also wants us to know that those that reject Jesus, they have already been condemned. They have already been judged to an eternal life of separation. John chapter 3, verse 18 says this. There is no judgment. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in me. Did you hear that? Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Young folk, are you listening? There is no judgment against anyone who believes in me. There is none. I, I dealt with it. Where? The cross. I dealt with that part. Where? At the cross. But anyone who does not believe in me has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. If Jesus is life and resurrection to the believer, then one can easily surmise that the opposite of not having Jesus then is death and condemnation. And the saddest part of this is that in the same way that life and resurrection begin in the right here and the right now, so does death and condemnation begin in the right here and the right now when you make a conscious decision to reject Jesus. It begins here. Listen to this. Did you know that the passing away of a believer isn't the same as when a non-believer passes away? Psalms chapter 116. I'm giving you these verses. You can go home and read them for yourself. Psalms 116 verse 15. Read this out loud with me. Are you ready? Precious. Come on. Precious. 
Let me say that one more time. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones. God says, God says that when believers pass away, it is precious in his sight. Guys, let me say that one more time. It is precious in his sight when we pass away. But that's for the godly in his sight. How sad will then death be for the godless? And that's important to note that God makes a clear distinction. It is precious for my children when they pass away. It is precious. More and more I observe Christians and I hear some of the language that we use to comfort people, to comfort people, to encourage people in times when they are hurting, people that are surfing, uh, that are suffering from, sorry, suffering from the passing away of a loved one. There are a lot of things that we hear that really aren't scripturally accurate. We hear things like, he or she has now gained wings. Christians don't gain wings when they pass away. Not in the Bible. I'm, I'm gonna say that again. Some of, I know some folk even got it tattooed. They're like, oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> no, no, Christ, Christians don't gain wings. That's that's not biblical. And these are the things that we use to encourage people. We don't use truth. We just use these niceties, these little nice sentiments. Heaven has gained another angel. No, we don't become angels when we die. We don't become that. Angels are a creation unlike humans. All the angels that God ever needed have already been created. He don't need any more. He's not creating more. And this is not a factory. This, this is not a factory, an angel factory that you come here on earth and you gain wings and then you go up there and now you become angels. Other faiths and belief systems may have their own take on what angels are. But if you are a professing Christian... You don't become an angel, nor do you gain wings. Are you listening? Are you listening? Coopers, are you listening? Right? I'm a test. There's going to be a test after the service. Yeah, there really is. <laughs> and, and these are all harmless but baseless sayings that we hear all the time. Christians don't die and become our guardians. Grandmom is now our guardian. No, she's not. Grandpa passed away. Our uncle and he's now the guardian. No, no, he's he's not. That's that's not in the Bible. Angels aren't the spirits of our loved ones. Angels are at our service at God's command and his will, not ours. We don't pray to angels or to people that pass away. We don't do those things. I, I'm I'm he's you know, my, my grandma is now listening to all of my prayers, and then she puts them in a mailbox and then she sends it FedEx and then Jesus receives it and then he gives it to the Father. And I'm here, all kind of stuff. I'm like going, none of that's just not true. We don't pray to our loved ones that pass away. And this one is going to hurt. And, and I don't intend to hurt you, but I need to give you truth and I want to give you truth. I, I, I want to give you truth. Sometimes I'm talking to people and I hear all of the Disney references and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, 
Disney's doing a better job at preaching a gospel than we are with the true gospel of good news. This one is going to hurt. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? Okay, nobody in the middle aisle on this. Are you guys ready? This one's going to hurt. Heaven isn't for everyone as a default destination. Heaven isn't for everyone as a default destination. I hear this all the time. He or she is now at a better place. No, not always. You heard Jesus say it. Jesus said one man went in one direction and another man went in another direction. And if Jesus says this, why are we to change that narrative? I really hate to be the bearer of bad news. But not everyone that passes goes into heaven. And this should get us really thinking about our mortality. Heaven is the place of God's domain. Heaven is the place of God's domain, not the headquarters of our religion. Did you, did you get that? It is the domain of God's presence, God's glory, God's governing sovereignty. It is not the headquarters for Christians. It is not our Mecca. It is a place that has a hierarchical system of angels that are already in place. Heaven is a place that has an army. Heaven is a place with a governing system. Jesus is the king in that kingdom. Christians, you and me, are called ambassadors of heaven's kingdom. Heaven has only one point of entry, one gate. There's only one way by which we get to the Father and it's Jesus. There's no other way. Did you? There's no other way. Did you get that? He was such. He was so good. And and he did. There's no other way. It's through Jesus. It's not your giving. It's not your good deeds. It's not your generosity. Your charity. It's not your best intentions. It's not your good behavior. But it's the blood of the Lamb. Jesus. He is the way. After people die, there is no amount of prayer, no amount of prayer that will get people who, when they were alive, rejected Jesus. No amount of prayer is going to get people into heaven if they've rejected Jesus here on earth. No amount of prayer. Did you get that? You can't send people to heaven by your prayers and your supplication. so quiet and weird in here pastor you're speaking about death and dying i don't i just i got my stimulus check i just i want to go buy some stuff i don't want to go to heaven yet heaven is a place thank you honey for your support because not even george this time around but I, you got me baby you got me boo not even george you're just like well i just got two stimulus checks i'm trying <laughs> listen Heaven is a place that, that's exclusive for only those that RSVP. And you RSVP here. 
or what's going to happen over there. If your name doesn't appear on the list, then there, is, there, there isn't a seat for you. That sounds pretty heartless, but no, it's not. If, if you don't RSVP, you can't get mad at that establishment just because you decided to show up like my son-in-law did. My son-in-law decided to show up to a restaurant with his wife, trying to impress his wife with his influence. And he shows up, baby, I'm knocking this thing out. And they said, your name, please. And he said, Reyes. And he said, Reyes. He said it with an accent. He said, Reyes. And he said it. And the guy goes, uh, you don't appear on here. He goes, uh, check the list. Check again. I'm on there. And he looks at it about my daughter, his wife. Baby, I got watched this. Look, look, Reyes. Like, no, it's not on there. Like, babe, yes, it is. It's, it's right. It's, and he's looking on it. It's like, hey, hey, baby, I got the wrong date. Baby, we got to go. I got the wrong date, so we got to go. Is the restaurant bad? Is the restaurant bad? No, I was laughing. I told David, I'm going to use that. I'm sorry. I put that in my archives, and I said, I'm going to use that. That's good. But that's what heaven is. It's a, it's a place where you RSVP. And it's a simple process. you don't make sure that your name is known to the one who matters, then you can't get upset. Listen to what Revelations chapter 3 says. Verse 5. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my Father and his angels that they are mine. They're going to say, yes, Cooper's on the list. Yes, Cooper's on the list. The Coopers, they're on the list. They're on the list. Yeah. The Edwards? Yeah, those guys are on the list. They're on the list. Listen, it's, 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 and you make the decision in the here and in the now. Listen to what Revelation chapter 10, verse 9 says. Revelation chapter 10, next one. I'm sorry, 21. I do apologize. 21. So it's not your fault, guys. It was my fault. Revelation 21, 27. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Stand to your feet. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.